superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What's up, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again. Uh, you know, just it's the off season, slowing down. I was like, you know, we'll do a big Middlecoff mailbag, do it every week. Slide up into my DMs at John Middlecoff on Instagram, and I answer your questions. Twitter handles the same at John Middlecoff. Easiest way to get a hold of me, I always say, is on social media. But I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about the AAF. Uh, a couple other topics that I kind of dug for, and then we'll get into the Middlecoff mailbag, kind of keep a shorter podcast, and then things got crazy, so I'm still going to talk about that stuff, but I- I'm, I'm going to start with really the two big stories of the day. Kyler Murray announced he's going all in on football, and the Cleveland Browns signed uh, Kareem Hunt. Let's start with Kyler Murray. I- I've been talking about Kyler Murray really all year long. Just because it was a, he's a fascinating player. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He won the Heisman. And he was drafted in the top 10 in baseball. But I said last week, I said the underrated part, I compared it to online dating. It's one thing, and in football, you just, all these general managers, most of, they, they didn't go to Oklahoma during the fall. The coaches 100% don't make any school visits during the fall. So I'd say maybe a couple coaches. I know Kyle Shanahan, and there, there were some head coaches that were at, the Super Bowl, the, the media days, the, the radio row. So maybe some of them kind of ran into Kyler. But I bet there's a chance that of the 32 NFL head coaches and the 32 NFL GMs, maybe a total of five have met Kyler, and literally shook his hand and stood next to him in person. Like I, that number is probably pretty small. Now, you know, high-level college scouting directors and a lot of people in your organization have probably seen him. The decision makers have not. And we, we all can relate to any business we work in. At the end of the day, it's one thing to think something and want something. 
But if the decision maker in whatever department or business you work in does not want to do that, it will not happen. It's why you learn early on in business school, you got to get in with the gatekeeper. Because ultimately, usually the secretary of someone that is a decision maker, you have to go through her or him to get to the decision maker. Now, for Kyler, he's going to go right to the decision makers, right? He announced he's going pro in football. I'm not going to rehash it because we've talked about it a bunch on the show, is the economics are a no-brainer. You get way more money, especially if you're drafted in the top 20 in football. Lamar Jackson, at the 32nd pick last year, got almost double the amount of guaranteed money that Kyler got as the ninth Major League Baseball pick. You also, basically as a baseball prospect, you have to do what the equivalent of like an internship to go to the minor leagues. You play in front of nobody. No one wants to do that if you don't have to. Now, if you don't have any options, you're forced to, and it just becomes part of life. Well, in the NFL, if you are drafted, let alone drafted in the first round, you go right to the show. You play on Sundays. If you're a first-round quarterback, history would show us, recent history, which I think the game has changed dramatically, not only will you make the team, you're going to start. Obviously, you're going to make the team. You're going to be the starting quarterback, if not week one, by mid-October. It's just a, it's just a fact. Just look at the history. Hell, even Patrick Mahomes, who redshirted, still played a game his rookie year. Think about that. He, he legitimately redshirted and still played a game. And that was with Alex Smith, and they were, you know, the number two seed or whatever. Or I guess they were, they ended up being the three seed. But you get my drift. So this was really a no-brainer. I, I still look back a couple weeks ago when Kyler went to the Super Bowl. Don't understand why it was so difficult, not just for him to announce it. Because again, the only way for him to get drafted super high in football, he was going to have to fully commit. Because no one was going to draft him high, especially top 15 picks, if I didn't get a commitment, I am all in. I don't want to do both. I don't want to dip my you know, foot here in the water, but also keep my other foot here in this, this pond, this baseball water. I'm going all, all my chips are in the table on football. That is the way he's going to get drafted the highest. Now, I, I think we need to pump the brakes. A lot of people, like, he could go number one. He could go number one overall. I, I, clearly, you can't discount that. But last year, Baker, who I liked, I I thought it was pretty bold to take him number one overall. But at least if you liked Baker and you love the bravado, but you love the player, he had a comp. He was Drew Brees with a little bit better arm. Like that's, he was super accurate, smaller player, but a pocket quarterback that threw darts and was just teammates loved him. Like it was easy. Now he had been in a little trouble, but you get what I'm saying. As a player, his comp best case now, obviously, the likelihood of him ever becoming Drew Brees are still slim, even though it looks like he's going to be pretty good. But you could go, one day, he could be like Drew Brees. With Kyler, he doesn't have a comparison. You go, one day, he could be a smaller Michael Vick, but more accurate. RG3 was six foot two that first year when he was running around, right? I, I just think his comp is a little difficult. Now, I, I do think when it's all said and done and the dust settles, he's going to go pretty high top 15. But as I said last week, when you date on the internet, I mean, people, and I'm going to say girls, but guys can do the same, I guess. I I don't even know how to do a filter, but you can filter and you can make it look pretty good. If you're a chubby guy, I can only do shoulder up pictures. And you're like, God, you know, he's got a good smile. Turns out, you know, I'm, you know, what if I'm really chubby? I'm not, I'm actually, you know, cutting down some LBs. It works both ways. But until you meet the person in person, right? Until you actually see them, it's one thing to see a picture. 
It's one thing to watch a dude on film, and he was remarkable. Now, you can tell he's small on film. It's another thing to have him walk through the room, and you're just a six-foot general manager. And you shake his hand, and you got him by three inches. I know there was just a pro football talk story that the Giants, he's already a little too small for them. They, they love huge quarterbacks. You think they're going to draft a guy five foot nine? You know, I, and I'm not saying they shouldn't draft him, but this is going to be a fun conversation because it's all football. And it's not character stuff. It's not a bunch of woke people on Twitter. It's just, can a 5'9 guy play in the NFL? And I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer on this. It's going to be a really fun topic. The other big story today was Kareem Hunt signed with the Cleveland Browns. I say this over and over and over again. I don't look at the NFL or watch the NFL to have those guys be potentially my children's role models. I, I, I don't ask that upon them. I don't ask that upon the management to set the moral compass for society. I never quite understand why people freak. I mean, I get why people freak out. We constantly freak out about everything on social media. But I I watch the NFL to be entertained, to gamble on it, to watch the best in the business play football. If you're a bad guy, if you're a great guy, I don't really care. Would I rather watch a bunch of Drew Breeses and Tom Brady's like high-level guys? Sure. But that's not the reality. There are a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame that have done a lot of stupid shit. And if you knew all their baggage... You'd be shocked. Uh, I've heard some stories, and it's shocking. I, and I've heard a small percentage of the stories. I mean, we know some of them, right? Like LT was, you know, banging hookers and doing crack. <laughs> He's arguably the best defensive player ever. So when I watch the NFL, I, I, I never hold him to the standard that higher than society. Like Kareem Hunt didn't go to jail. I, I'm sorry, it's society's problem. If he's arrested, if he committed a crime, that's, that's not on the NFL to figure that out. That's not on any private sector business. You are at a competitive disadvantage. Now, we don't know the suspension. He might get suspended for a year, and it's all a moot point. But if he gets a four- or eight-game suspension, and they get this guy for half the year, he is one of the top five running backs in the league. He led the league in rushing as a rookie. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, in a league that really values catching the football out of the backfield, now more than ever. So some team was going to sign him. So again, if you are not in that kind of little realm of you would even be interested you're at a competitive disadvantage and you can say you know what our fans would not stand for this that's bs because every single time i remember years ago when the seattle seahawks drafted frank clark twitter freaked how could john schneider and Pete carroll do this and then john schneider i remember he kind of gave a weird answer it felt like they hadn't quite done the research even though i'm sure they had I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but it, Twitter didn't think so. And it was like, this is ridiculous. Three or four years later, everyone on Twitter is like, Seattle has to resign Frank Clark. He is too good of an edge rusher. We have to franchise him. No one cares. You do not hear a peep about it. You know what I haven't heard a peep about is Tyreek Hill's issue in college. You know why? Because he's running go routes for touchdowns. Because he's running circles around every DB. No one in the NFL, especially Kansas City fans, no one gives a crap. I I haven't heard one person complain. But all the complaining about Kareem Hunt never should have got another chance, never should have got another chance. Again, that is society's problem. That is not the NFL. Because you know what? If he wasn't good enough, he wouldn't get a second chance. But you know the way America works? If you are good enough, you do get other opportunities. Doc Rivers once famously said, you have to be better than your problems. And Kareem Hunt has been a problem because he literally got cut in the middle of, you know, one of the greatest Kansas City Chiefs seasons ever. Not in the middle, toward the end. 
You know, and he was he had 14 touchdowns, seven on the ground, seven in the air. He was dominating. I, I thought he was one of the more underrated players in the league. But the, the Kansas City fans, the best player on their team beside their quarterback was this little receiver that had hit, a, hit his pregnant girlfriend in college and got kicked out of Oklahoma State. You, you couldn't find anyone complaining about Tyreek Hill on the internet. Why? Because he was on everyone's fantasy team. If you were a Chiefs fan, he was kicking ass. If you were an NFL fan, he was remarkable to watch. It was entertaining. That's what this is, entertainment. Like, I, I don't go to the movies. I don't need to get my rap sheet on my actor. I, I just don't care. Now, you can say, maybe I'm not compassionate enough. Maybe I'm not woke enough. I don't know. I, I just, like, I, I would hold my child to a higher standard. I would hold my business partner to a higher standard. But I, I don't hold the NFL to that standard. They've never been held to that standard by the way they've operated, and they never will be. Because if you're good enough, if they think you can play, and you're still really good, they'll keep signing you. That's always been the case. It will always continue to be the case. Most people don't have 14 touchdowns in the bag. They they can't do that. If you could easily find guys and give you 14 touchdowns, and and running back's one of the most replaceable players in the league, and it's still hard to find. Like He's better than probably every player in in the league at his position than, I don't know, four or five. Zeke, Gurley, I mean, the list is short. He's that good. Kamara, I mean, the list is really short. There are probably three or four guys. After Maybe Le'Veon, you could argue I might rather have Kareem Hunt. Again, all things being equal. So I, you're not going to find me freaking out like John Dorsey deserves to lose his job or the Cleveland Browns deserve to be condemned. I, I just don't hold the NFL to those standards. I hold them on a simple standard. I want to be entertained. I want to watch the best players play. I'm not looking for them to be role models to me to my children. Uh, you know, it, it, if you have a problem with that, parent your kids better. Have them be a role model to you. You know, if you're worried about Kareem Hunt standing for the wrong things, like maybe don't watch the NFL. That's, that's your loss. I, I, I really don't know what else to say. Let me tell you about my friends at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge you up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge anything. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. That simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place trades in just four taps on your smartphone. You can view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notification for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of my podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Just sign up at middlecoff.robinhood.com. That's middlecoff, M-I-D-D-L-E-K-A-U-F, dot robinhood.com. Okay, let's get to the AAF. And uh, I, I watch bits and pieces of the AAF, uh, but Twitter, and I follow a lot of NFL people on Twitter and just football people on Twitter, were really excited, and it, it was it was cool. But I also think there was a little bit of an overreaction. Maybe I'm a little different. I, I'm definitely not different than most, because the most people are casual sports fans. Now, obviously, I'm not a casual sports fan. I do this for a living, and it's really all I watch. But I, I do watch it. Like I, I, I don't really watch it for overachievers. I, I don't watch. Like I, I struggle watching like Mac football games during the week. 
You know, I, I struggle watching bad NFL games. Like I, I, I like most people like watching Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Not just the NFL, but the best players in the NFL. When I worked in the NFL, I liked evaluating and talking about the top prospects. I, I, I the sixth and seventh rounders didn't do as much for me. It's probably why I enjoy the media more because all we talk about are quarterbacks and sweet players. We don't waste time talking about like backup offensive linemen like you do in the NFL. I enjoy personally that more. I also like other sports, and I know the ratings, the NBA beat the game on Saturday night. I had some money, and I was just watching. Now, I got two TVs, so I had the AAF game on in the background. But on my main TV with the volume, I had the Rocket Thunder game on. But I I do understand the people's appetite and love of football, but it's hard to watch football on any level, high school to the pros, when the quarterback play is bad. And the quarterback play in this league is really bad. I had a buddy text me maybe Saturday night or maybe Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning because the tweet came out, I think, from Darren Ravel about the ratings and the AAF beating the NBA. And he's like, and he's an NBA fan too. He's like, God, that's kind of crazy. He's like just peeking at one of the games. The best player I saw in the game was a dude we cut in training camp. So it'd be one thing if I was watching this game and I, I got a pretty good idea what it looks like. And I've been getting texts from buddies like, how good are these guys? They're just not very good relative to the NFL. You know, if this was the minor leagues, it'd be like double A. But the difference is in double A, you get a lot of guys with upside to be in the big leagues. A lot, most of these guys were drafted four or five years ago or undrafted free agents. Like they, they've got their cup of coffee in the NFL. Now that doesn't mean that some of them fell through the cracks or overlooked, but it is so much more difficult in 2019 to fall through the cracks with a 90 man roster. So think about When I first got in the NFL in 2010, it was before the CBA. The rosters were 80 players. And I think for the last like five or six years, they were 80 players. Well, like two years ago, they got bumped up to 90. So multiply that by 32, that's 10 extra, that's 320 extra players. I don't know how many players there are in this league, but it ain't that many. It might be more than 320, but think about those 320 players that would not be on a roster right now might be in this league. So you got guys that are probably fringe practice squad players that are in the NFL that are not playing in this league. I also think, and this is clear that I don't know if they'll ever merge, but there is some connection. Bill Polian's talked about his desire to have it be like the minor league. How about this idea? Each division, and it's a little, it'd be difficult. I don't have it quite ironed out, but let's just use the NFC West, for example. There's a team in San Diego. The Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Seahawks get a developmental team, and it's in San Diego. You put all your practice squad guys and maybe a couple quarterbacks that are either on the practice squad or like a fringe late-round draft pick that's like your third stringer, they're on the team. So when I'm watching, if I'm a Niner or Seattle fan, and they're playing the, let's say, the AFC South team that has the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans, you know, and uh, what team am I missing? The Jags, the Titans, the Colts. What, t- what team am I missing here in the South? The Jack- Oh, the Texans. So I, I'm losing my train of thought here. So you're getting two teams, let's say, that are playing, and the team is just littered with practice squad guys. Guys they've drafted or undrafted free agents they believe in. And you're like, damn, that's if I'm a Texans fan, that's our six-round running back. Or I'm a Seattle fan, that's you know my backup quarterback. And think about the quarterbacks that should be in this league. Deshaun Kaiser, Kyle Luletta, Brett Hundley's, those type guys, instead of the Mettenbergers and the Hackenbergs, they aren't sniffing the NFL again. 
I watched the Pac-12. Mike Bercovici, he's not an NFL player. He has some physical tools, but he doesn't sniff those guys' ability. C.J. Beathard, that's now the third stringer for the 49ers. Like, he could use this league. There are guys all over the league, you know, that are like second and third string players that could use it. Uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, that was just drafted by the Steelers. Couldn't beat out Josh Dobbs, the kid from Tennessee. Was the backup quarterback all last year. He could use this league. Like, that's who this league should be. And again, obviously, I'm kind of jumping the gun. Maybe we're headed that way. But I think this league is somewhat capped. Because, listen, I'm a football guy. I I talk about it for a living. It literally pays my bills. And I struggle to watch. Because the quarterback play was horrendous. I also think it's pretty hypocritical. I have never once cried foul on the violence of the NFL. Maybe I don't sound compassionate. Maybe I sound like an a-hole. It, I, I like the big hits. I watch for violence. And the reality is most of you do too. Most people do. It's why from the, the moment we're in like junior high, when there's a fight, everyone runs to it. The moment once you get to like college, everyone orders the fight. They still order the fight as you get older. We, we loved big hits forever in the NFL. And that became negative like four or five years ago. Be, the, the media played a huge role in it because they were screaming CTE, screaming concussions. It was pretty much on my Twitter timeline universally applauded the big hits. And it's like, you guys are hypocrites. It's because you don't know any of these players. You don't give a shit about them. Like, I, I like the big hits because I like big hits. It never bothered me in the NFL. Like, I, you know, listen, I understand CTE is terrible and it's a real thing and guys get injured for playing football. We get that. But I, I watch football. I, I don't like, you know, the quote-unquote wussification of the NFL. It's somewhat real. Now, I, I want my quarterbacks to be protected. I, I, I can't have you going out guys' legs. I'm all for that. But down the field, like, th- there is no such thing as a defenseless receiver. Let them get lit up. You know, this is 2019. People want it. I get the big picture health of the league, but that's one thing the AAF has going for it. People get destroyed and the media doesn't care. If I'm in the NFL league office, I'm like, what is your guys' issue? You guys were bitching and moaning about this for years, writing books, like promoting that concussion movie with with Will Smith. And now you're applauding it. You know, it's just, it's kind of hypocritical. I'm on the right side of history on that one because I never, ever, I, it, I, I'm sorry, I'm not bothered by concussions. And I'm not saying they're not real and they don't affect people's lives, but I watch football knowing that's part of it. It's like, uh, when I eat a, a hot dog, I kind of understand how it's made. I don't mind. I just put a little ketchup on it, put it between a bun, and I power that bad boy down. When I watch the NFL, I know it's somewhat dirty. I don't really care. And the reality is, most people don't either. So I hope the NFL... Takes a, uh, takes a hint from the AAF. Get back to the violence. One of my favorite stories so far in this NFL offseason came out either Friday. It might, I might have read it on Saturday. And it involves the Jets. Who I have said the Jets, coaching staff on paper. I think Adam Gase, of all the young offensive guys that were hired this offseason, let's not forget the unshaven, under 40 offensive gurus. He was the first of this kind of whole movement. Adam Gase was, like four years ago when he went to Miami. Well, the big thing with an offensive guru, you got to get a good defensive coordinator, right? Sean McVay got Wade Phillips. It's been a problem for Kyle with no, uh, with no defense. Robert Salas struggled. Matt Nagy kind of just, they had Vic Fangio there. We'll see how good Chuck Pagano is. But having a good defensive coordinator matters. Say what you want, he's crazy. But, and he's had some crazy controversies in his coaching career, Greg Williams can really coach. Now, his ego is probably bigger 
than half the head coaches in the NFL, let alone it's the biggest assistant coach. Like, he's got a massive ego. So when they first hired him, I'm like, you know, I kind of like this mix. Now, will the egos work? And then a story comes out on ESPN.com about how Adam Gase did not want Greg Williams to hire his son. And I don't think football is really that different from most jobs. Like, a lot of jobs, nepotism plays a big part in it. You do jobs, you know, you hire family members. I'd probably argue that usually leads to more problems than just hiring the best possible candidate. But that's life. That's the way the world works. The one curveball on this one is that Adam Gase, according to this ESPN.com Rich Samini story, did not want to hire Greg Williams' kid to be a position coach. So finally, he just let him become like a defensive assistant. He did not want to let him become a position coach. And they kind of butted heads. And I think you're going to start seeing this around the NFL more and more. And we, we saw this last year with Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. A lot of, and maybe this has been happening forever in the NFL. I just know covering the NFL, I think it's happened more these last three or four years. These assistant coaches get so famous. These agents, which there's three or four of them in the NFL, have all this power. And these owners are kind of so big on, if you hire the quote-unquote big-time coordinator, you're fan base pulls off you a little bit and you get credit even though the most important thing is in any business relationship let alone a coaching staff is the interpersonal dynamics like do you get along and do you respect you know the assistant coach does the does the assistant coach respect the head coach when when you do most times arranged marriages are not going to work out very well they're not they're kind of forced upon you right now i don't know anyone that's arranged marriage i've read about them i knew I had a good friend who married a girl that was going to be in one, and she told her parents, no. It's the best thing she probably ever did, you know? She'll tell you that. But you do see a lot of marriages happen probably on blind dates or whatever. No different than an interview. You, you, don't, you don't need to know someone before you interview with them. But it seems like a lot of these coaching marriages now between the head coach and whatever the opposite side of the ball he has, you know, if he's an offensive guy mainly nowadays – they kind of force like the most famous defensive coordinator on him. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Now, if it's the right guy, like Vic Fangio just gets along with coaches. He's just a high-level guy. Greg Williams butts heads. And clearly, this is the period where you just get hired on a new staff, you know, in the middle of January or whatever, probably till like the draft is the ultimate honeymoon period. Like it really is the equivalent of a marriage where it's just times are as good as they get. Or like you just start dating. It's usually the best time. Everything's fresh. Everything's new. You're having a blast. You know, the sex is great. Every meal's fun. You're just watching TV. Everything's cool to do. Eventually that kind of subsides, right? Well, if you're having problems two or three weeks in to your hiring as an assistant coach and already being frustrated with the head coach, this is a pretty big red flag. Again, I like the Jets coaching staff on paper. And I'm an Adam Gase guy. But I, I don't know if this thing's going to work. I mean, this is already leaking out. The New York is a market unlike any other market, probably beside like Philly, you know, of just the aggressive reporting and just the, 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 when things, once the snowball starts rolling down the hill, it doesn't usually slow down with the steam, right? It only is going to gain traction in these crazy markets like New York because it's only going to piggyback. This is a story that's not going to die and they're already off on the wrong foot. And someone had to want this out, whether it's Greg Williams or Gase.
Someone wanted this out there. Now everyone knows. So this is something to keep an eye on. And I think you're just going to see this more and more in the NFL where just like legitimate interviews, I don't know if they happen as much as you think. A lot of these coaching connections now with staffs are all agent driven or now all owner the agent goes right to the owner you're seeing this you've seen it for years in baseball right Scott Boris always ends up going to the owner and gets his money well the agents are doing the same thing you want Greg Williams or whoever your you know your client is Vance Joseph or Steve Wilkes you're gonna make sure they get a coordinator job so if you you can go right over the head coach you go right to the general manager you go right to the owner and you you make it happen and I think usually these things like Belichick doesn't operate like that, and he never has coaching problems, right? And he doesn't operate like that. He has harmony on his coaching staff. When you have stuff like this happen, it's it's usually not going to end in a harmonious relationship. So just, you know, it's early February, just as we go in the off season, and then once the season, let's just keep this in the back of our pockets here. This is something to keep an eye on, and I think this is a league-wide problem. The Jets aren't alone in this. You probably see a lot of these new staffs that the that the general manager and the owner probably played too big of a role. The guy that should play the role is, is the coach. And if your coach is not a good evaluator of assistant coaches, then you probably shouldn't hire him in the first place. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours? LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower 
power further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. One thing I've noticed as I've gotten older is I really only get mad now at other people getting mad at stuff. (laughs) Like, I I don't, I'm never the first reaction triggered. It takes a lot to really anger me. And and maybe that's kind of a sad state of just how uh, accustomed I am to just weirdness, because that's what kind of the world is. But it's hard for a story to come out and me to get really mad. I, I only get mad off those reacting, usually typically in the media, to being mad at what just happened. That triggers me, getting triggered at other people getting triggered. I saw a story last week, and Brett Veach, buddy of mine, came out and said, because there was a viral video of Patrick Mahomes playing hoops. And it was sweet. He did like through the legs, 360 in the hole, sweet layup. And he kind of tongue-in-cheek said, but also kind of serious, that I had to call his agent, and we had to nip that in the bud. And I saw some former players, and and Richard Sherman, who I actually respect a lot and think is really smart, started freaking out. Like, you can't tell players what to do! That's not in his contract! You know, we, God, we just, (laughs) former players, and then Twitter, you know, so pro player. And I got triggered off that reaction. Because it's like, Brett Veach was not trying to be in police this guy's life. Brett Veach went on record before it was sexy and popular to say, Really, kind of on an island. I remember running into Coach Reed last year at the Combine after Veach talked. Brett Veach, verbatim, he's the best player I've ever scouted. No one in that office, including Andy, liked Mahomes as much as Veach. Now, obviously, Andy loved him too, but that is Veach's guy. Loves him. Clearly, Andy loves him too. So if they're telling him not to play basketball, it's not because they're like trying to... They love him more than any fan loves him more than any player loves them. And I know that the players love to virtue signal about player empowerment and player rights. That's not what they were trying to say. Simply, for the next 15 years, you can change this franchise. For the next 15 years, you can change the NFL. You can win six or seven MVPs. You can take this league by storm. And 
do things clearly it already looks like that no one else can do. We, we don't just trust you. We think the world of you. We traded up to get you from, I think, pick 27 to pick 10. We are smitten with you beyond belief. You can change all our careers. We're going to do everything in our power, as you've already seen, to change your career. We have your best interests at heart. I know players love to think that teams have like ulterior motives with guys. And you saw this last year with Kyrie or with Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs. Different sport. But you see it sometimes with the NFL, like their doctors don't have a, their best, you know, the players' best intentions on their mind. They all they care about the team, which may be true to marginal players. But I promise you one thing, and you saw this year with Carson Wentz's injuries, the Philadelphia Eagles by a country mile have Carson Wentz's like his health, his long-term future, and everything. Player first, player centric in mind when they look at him. When Brett Veach saw him playing basketball, all that crossed his mind is like, bro, I don't want you to tear an ACL or an Achilles playing hoops. I don't want to control your life and have you sit in and play video games all day. Clearly work out, you be active, do whatever you want. Just playing that sport. And I, and I think guys would tell you as they get older, I know, I, you probably couldn't pay me to play pickup basketball right now. I couldn't afford an Achilles injury. I, I couldn't afford to put on 40. You know, I'm bald, I'm single. I couldn't afford an ACL injury. I don't have the energy or the, uh, probably just the ability to rehab. I'd be screwed. But I think with Mahomes, like, bro, you now, we have entrusted you, given you the keys to the franchise. And you know what? Everyone in this building, including me, Brett Veach, and Coach Reed, are. it's the best thing probably we'll ever do in our careers is go all in on you. We have... Your best interest at heart. He knows that. And I'm not saying he's saying that. He he probably completely understood. But the, the rest of the players, like, I, I promise you one thing. The Chiefs ain't out, out there to screw him. And here's the other thing. Teams, just in general, in any sport, when it comes to their best players, they care about the best players. They may not treat marginal players that well. It's no different business, right? You spend most of your time, if you're in real estate, with your highest priced real estate items. You know, if you're in, you know, a sales job, you worry about the clients that spend the most money with you. Welcome to America. If I if I have Patrick Mahomes and I got a practice squatter and they both, let's say, have a broken toe, I'm probably going to spend a little more time with Patrick Mahomes than I am my offensive line practice squatter. May sound, you know, everyone's supposed to be equal in this Twitter world, but I got news for you. They're not. And in the private sector, just like in the NFL, certain things are more important than others. And I promise you one thing, that as long as Brett Veach and Andy Reid are alive and employed with the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, by a mile, you know, it's the size of the Grand Canyon, will occupy their time, their effort, and they will have his best interests at heart 24-7, 365. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. Easiest way to get a hold of me every week at John Middlecoff Insta. DMs wide open. Leave a question and I'll answer it. A little behind. You guys have been peppering them out. So I got like 50 in here. Uh, okay. I have a question about the Minnesota Vikings. Do you think that Gary Kubiak hire uh, for the Vikings is essentially running with two head coaches? Like Zimmer is the defensive head coach and Kubiak is the offensive head coach. They would almost become co-head coaches. 
I would say no, because in Zimmer's tenure, he's the boss. You know, he's got kind of a Parcellsian, it's his way or the highway. I, I think he hired Kubiak, and actually, I think Stefanski's the OC, right? Kubiak's like a, basically a, a consultant type, just to run the ball more. Because in Kubiak's scheme, they hang their hat. I remember back when the Texans were really humming, they were the best running team in the league. That's what Zimmer wants to do. He wants to play defense, and he wants to run the ball. And anyone that's listened to this show for a while knows that I kind of question that. Like, arguably your two best players, I mean, Daniel Hunter and Harrison Smith, I mean, they got some elite defensive players. But Diggs and Thielen, I mean, we're talking beside Brown and Juju, probably the best wide receiver combo in the league. And you have a $30 million quarterback. Like, protect them and throw the ball. So, I no, it's not two head coaches. It's Zimmer's way or the highway. I think he just views Kubiak as kind of a catalyst to running the ball and a guy that can really coach it and scheme it up, which is what he wants to do. Because Zimmer doesn't know the plays on offense. And again, that's not a shot at Zimmer. Most coaches on the opposite side of the ball do not know the plays. Generic stuff, but not the plays. Especially when they're the play caller offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator as well as the head coach they are not into the minutia of the other side of the ball that, that shows you just how elite Belichick is he knows every player's role on every play offense defense or special teams can coach every position that's really why he's on a completely different level than anyone like he, he literally could coach long snappers he could be your long snapper coach he could be your offensive line coach he could be your wide receiver coach I, I think that really speaks I, I hope people realize this Belichick is the best position coach in the NFL at every position. Most coaches, like Coach Reed, is an unreal offensive coach, right? Or Pete Carroll, unreal defensive coach. But they don't have anything to do with the opposite side of the ball. That's kind of a separating factor uh, of why they're so good. So overall to your questions, no, Zimmer, Zimmer show, baby. Do you see Aaron Rodgers making a comeback and winning the Super Bowl? Furthermore, do you think the Packers' defense will be able to step up with Jair Alexander? Are the Packers even possible landing destination for Le'Veon? And if so, would they be good for him? It's a good question. Will Aaron Rodgers win another Super Bowl? I've gone on record. I don't know much about this guy. And I've said I went to the one practice in Tennessee this offseason and was really impressed by the offensive coordinator. Now, then their offense was terrible all season for the most part in Tennessee. And then his press conference, he felt a little over his head. And the other thing is that Aaron... While statistically he had a solid year last year, if you watched him, any Packer fan would say, you know, something was off. And he's he's been in a weird spot the last several years because we all acknowledge, like, he's really good, you know? I mean, he's one of the best players we've ever seen. But it's like I demand a little bit more. His body language is terrible. I, I said this last year when it kind of fell off the rails for the Packers. One of his problems is he's not very fundamentally sound anymore. And as you get older, your arm strength's going to diminish a little bit. And some of those back shoulder throws or those, you know, f- throws when his feet aren't planted aren't quite as accurate as they once were. The one thing when you watch Tom Brady or Peyton Manning forever, their fundamentals are perfect. And Rodgers' are terrible, but he's, you know, one of the greatest just pure throwers ever. He can get away with it. Well, as you age, your arm's not going to be as electric. Will he get back to the fundamentals of football? Will he let LaFleur... And this coaching staff get in his ass? You know, really coach him hard? I, I don't know. If he does, and let's say LaFleur is the next McVay, then yeah, they could win another Super Bowl. 
But if I also think it could go the other way. It really could. If LaFleur is over his head, I don't care how good Rodgers is. To me, they wouldn't be guaranteed to be like one of the elite teams. Now, they'd still be good just because if you have an elite quarterback, you're going to be in pretty good shape. But I don't know. I mean, the division's going to be good. The Vikings clearly, I think, kind of underachieved last year. The Bears, even if they somewhat take a step back, they're still going to be really good. Just look at their roster. Everyone's coming back. So I think it's going to be difficult. In the NFC, just as a whole, the Eagles are going to be good. The Cowboys are going to be good. Seattle's going to be good. The Rams are going to be good. The Saints are going to be good. The Falcons aren't going to be as shitty as they were. The Bucks are going to be better. If God, if the Giants could ever get a quarterback, the NFC to me is on a different level, top to bottom, than the AFC. The Niners with Jimmy back are going to be just more competitive. Hell, they almost beat the Packers this year with C.J. Beathard. So you just, the, the NFC is tough. Your margin for error in the NFC is slim to none. Your margin for error in the AFC is just much bigger. I mean, we can count on one hand the good teams. The Pats, the Chiefs, we'll see. The Steelers, I don't even know anymore. Uh, the Chargers, kind of, but they're not really. Are, do the Chargers in the playoffs scare you? No. I mean, the, the, the Colts, they're good, but Andrew Luck, if you get him outside, has just not been that great in the playoffs. Bottom line. End of story. Like that's, And I'm an Andrew Luck guy. But he, he was terrible last year outside. Earlier in his career when he played outside, he wasn't good. Now his teams weren't as good, but he's not quite the same guy. Okay, uh, see if I can find another question here. John, love the show. Uh, born and raised in Danville, right down the street from me. Question for the show. Not sure how much you talk college ball. I talk it a decent amount in the fall. Just right now, we're not going to dive into recruiting minutia, but I spend 15 Saturdays a year basically all day sitting on my couch watching college football. So I, I absolutely love it. We'll talk it here right now. Curious on how you think the retirement of Urban will affect Ohio State and ultimately the Big Ten. Well, it's going to have a negative impact. You just lost, you know, a top five college coach ever. He's that good. So one of the things that he hung his hat on was he was one of the best recruiters we've seen ever, right? I mean, the recruiting he did at Florida and Ohio State was just top notch. I mean, it was saving level. Like, those two are equals. Now Dabble's kind of their equal, too. They're just three top dogs on a different level. And then clearly his in-game coaching, the guy was special. His teams were legit. So anytime you go to Ryan Day, I don't know Ryan Day personally. I know people that know him because he coached with the Eagles. He coached here for San Francisco for a year when Chip came. Everyone I know thinks highly of him. But your first time head coaching job ever at Ohio State, that's hard. Look at look at Urban Meyer. Didn't he start at Bowling Green? He went Bowling Green, Utah, then Florida. Most time, look at Saban, Michigan State, LSU, then the pros, then Alabama. It's hard. Saban didn't just start at Alabama. That's that's asking a lot because the pressure at Ohio State, it's not good enough just to win the Big Ten. It's to win the national championship. This year, they won the Rose Bowl and it was a letdown. Here's the other thing. Urban Meyer had been kicking Jim's ass. So he'd been winning the Big Ten and he's been kicking his rival's ass. Well, what if Jim Harbaugh beats Ryan Day next year? That's the other thing. Ryan Day is going to have pressure playing Jim Harbaugh. And I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy. He got humbled by Urban. I I don't think Ryan Day is going to hit him in the teeth quite like Urban Meyer. Now, Urban Meyer is still going to be around the program. And who knows? Maybe he'll be at SC next year. I, I, I do think that would be a little weird 
given that he just kind of randomly quit, but Urban does weird shit, so who knows? Question. Do you feel the Patriots need to sign a quarterback, draft a quarterback this draft, to be mentored by TB12 to take over? Well, Brian Hoyer, who I think Albert Breer wrote about it in the MMQB, the McCourty brothers were just raving about how awesome he was in the Super Bowl prep, getting ready for the Rams. Like how seriously he took the scout team quarterback. He didn't just read it off the cards. He lived it. He learned it. And he gave him just an incredible look. And it clearly translated because the defense kicked Goff's ass. But he's not good enough. You know, if you lost Tom Brady, I still think Belichick and their team would be good enough probably to, let's say Brady missed the season. They could probably win nine games with Hoyer, maybe ten, just because Belichick's that good. But they, they they wouldn't have a chance, a snowball's chance in hell to win the Super Bowl. Do they need to draft a guy? They got a first round pick. They got two seconds and three thirds this year. I think they could easily take a guy in the second or the third round. The problem is when you're the Patriots, is you want to win the championship next year. Now Bill always thinks big picture. I would expect them to take with five picks on the second day, probably a quarterback. I, I just don't know. Part of taking a quarterback is you got to like one of the quarterbacks. You know, it's one thing, you got to take a quarterback high. Well, what if Belichick just doesn't like him? And I'll, I'll give Belichick some credit. He's been on the right guys for the most part at that position. I mean, wasn't Hoyer his find? Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, he nailed that pick. Brady, I know that was a little weird, but he, I'm trying to think of some other quarterbacks he's had. Mettenberger didn't quite work. If he's going to take a guy high, he's going to like him. Jimmy Garoppolo is the highest. I remember reading he's the highest quarterback Belichick's ever drafted. Now, it's a little skewed because they've had the same quarterback for 18 years who's been, you know, the best player ever at his position, so you're just not drafting quarterbacks high. But the one time he drafted a quarterback high, as in the second round, he hit a home run. Like It it wasn't inconceivable that he could have moved on from Tom and gone with Jimmy. So... I don't know, I don't really like the quarterbacks that much in this class for second and third round guys. Now, could he take like a Gardner Minshew, you know, a guy like that in the later rounds? Once you take a guy past like the fourth round, it's, you're not getting a starter. You know, the Tom Brady's are once in a, in the history of the NFL, right? Tony Romo's, Tom Brady's, the sixth, seventh undrafted free agents come around once in a blue moon. The majority of the NFL are first-round picks at quarterback or, or second. Just go around the NFL. I, I can just look in the – I'll just start on the West Coast. Russell Wilson is probably the lowest guy, third round. Jimmy Garoppolo, second. Derek Carr, high second. Jared Goff, first. Phillip Rivers, first. Josh Rosen, first. Denver doesn't really have one. The Texans, first-rounder. The Colts, first-rounder. Titans, first-rounder. You just start going, I mean, Blake Bortles, first rounder, Jameis, first rounder, Drew Brees, top of the second. Most quarterback, Eli, first, Wentz, first. You just start going around the league. Most starters are higher round picks. Alex Smith, before his leg fell off, first. They're just a lot. Roethlisberger, first. Lamar Jackson, first. Baker Mayfield, first. You know, Flacco was a first. Most guys are drafted high, so... If you do draft a guy late in the in in the draft, I don't think it's realistic. You know, the Niners last year, they got Nick Mullins as undrafted free agent. That is not normal. That's that's really more of a testament to Kyle. I don't even know how the hell he did it. 
it's, it's crazy. I, to be honest, I didn't even know much about Nick Mullins. Then all of a sudden, he's winning NFL games. It's incredible. That's, that's, I give Kyle credit on that one. I give him somewhat of a pass if you win NFL games with Nick Mullins. I don't care who you're playing. You win an NFL game with Nick Mullins, let alone two or three, that's incredible. Uh, okay. What do you think the, a realistic possibility for the Colts this offseason? I'm hoping for Demarcus Lawrence if he hits free agency. Hey, Demarcus Lawrence ain't going to hit free agency. I talked to a buddy in the NFL. The pro, and I, I remember this when I, I remember the first time I ever got to like put the magnets up for the free agent board, and you're like, hello, Dinata. Logan Mankins, you know, all the top sweet players at the top of the board. Like, who are we going to sign? It's like the NBA equivalent. Like, look at the free agents. Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Kawhi. And then in the NFL, it's like, franchise, 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 franchise. Of course you franchise them. So DeMarcus Lawrence is just too good. I I think there's a sweet spot this year. Like D Ford would kind of be the sweet spot. And just talking to people in the league, I know Veach said they want to keep him. Are they going to franchise him? Is he good enough to franchise? Probably not, but he is a really good pass rusher. Would I want to give him 18 or $20 million a year? No, but you know, guys get overpaid in free agency. It's just simple economics, supply, demand. The, 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 the supply is not there because all the top guys get tagged. So the demand, you guys have all, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know something about the NFL. There's never been more money on the free agent market. So there's a ton of money. There are only so much inventory. Guy, D4, don't be, he's going to get like $20 million. I, mean, I saw last year in my own backyard, Jarek McKinnon, who was the ultimate role player. I was like, I, I didn't even like him that much. Niners gave him like $8 million a year. And I, it really wasn't that crazy because they were bidding against two other teams. That's all life is, right? If you've if you got a little leverage, the price goes up. So, to me, D. Ford is going to be the big winner because DeMarcus Lawrence ain't hitting free agency. How, how do they let Frank Clark walk? He's too good. So, D. Ford's probably going to be the best pass rusher. I, I also think that Chris Ballard, they got a good thing going. Well, it's, I, I wouldn't want to waste money. I, I wouldn't be in the business of overpaying above-average players. I'd have no problem breaking off a superstar, but superstars, it's hard to get Khalil Mack. Sorry, my phone froze here. You're just kind of stuck with the market, and the market is typically not great. Texas A&M has had the highest-ranked recruiting classes in NFL prospects ever since someone was hired, but they have also underachieved with all that talent. Very true. After seeing Jimbo Fisher work this year in College Station, do you think he's the key to the Aggies' success? Thanks, and gig him. Gig him. I like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Jimbo... With Urban gone, if Saban's your top coach and Dabo's 1B, you could argue Dabo's better. I mean, I'm not putting Dabo above Saban, even though he's beat him two or three years and kicked his ass this year. But let's just put those two in the top notch. I'd put Saban in the next group of probably, say, you know, Jimbo, Chris Peterson, Lincoln Riley. There's four or five guys. He's as good as it gets. They've never had a problem recruiting. They've always got top guys. And you saw this year... I thought they overachieved. Their team was kind of weird. They clearly have talent. They're going to have a lot more talent. Now that Jimbo is not going anywhere, it's just he's going to be there for forever. They're going to benefit one day because Saban can't do this forever. You'd think in the next year or two, Nick retires. And when Nick retires, if they don't get Dabo, that's Jimbo's time. 
because Jimbo's a better coach than Ed Ogeron. Now, LSU will typically, and again, this is the top notch of the top, is going to have slightly better players. And when I say slight, like one team might have three first-rounders and LSU might have five. So we're, we're, this is the cream of the crop. And if, L, if Texas A&M does it right, maybe they can have the equivalent. The hard part about Texas A&M is even if you crush it in Texas, not only do you have the SEC guys that occasionally come over there, but that's a breeding ground for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's always kind of excelled. And also Texas. I wasn't the biggest Tom Herman guy, but I got to give him some credit. He's actually pretty solid. And I thought their team, probably the most improved team in the country this year, just watching Texas play start to finish, they're going to start recruiting better. So it's it's not going to be easy. But A&M's problem has never clearly been talent. It's coaching. And I I think Jimbo's a big-time coach. Okay, last question here. This is a life question. You don't want to do life question here. Lifetime Browns fan from Sydney, Australia. Question about the future. Does the Kitchens hire basically let Baker be Baker and he continues with the immaturity or even gets worse? Or does he say to Baker, hey, we're giving you your guy. You're in the driver's seat. Take this team where we need to go. And he settles down and matures. I'm worried he gets exposed next year and the wheels fall off this thing. Well, there's going to be immense pressure on this team because I think they're going to be one of the sexier just playoff teams that people are going to pick and really kind of blow all offseason. Once we get post-draft, everyone's going to be picking the Browns to probably win the North and be a team that's going to compete for the playoffs. I, I can't remember the last time the Browns went to the playoffs. And Baker's a winner. He comes from Oklahoma. He's used to winning. And I think they have you know Nick Chubb, winner. Miles Garrett, kind of a winner. But Freddie Kitch is a first-time head coach. And the pressure and the intensity in that city, it's not going to be easy. So the pressure is either going to kind of expose Baker. And I like Baker. I know Colin's not a big fan. I, I got no problem with him. But there is no dispute he's got some immaturity. And a lot of it stems from he's just got a chip on his shoulder. And when you're a chip-on-your-shoulder guy and you're young, it just comes off sometimes the wrong way. Like Tom Brady, he's 40 years old now and he's skinny eating kale shakes. His chip doesn't quite look the same, you know, even though it's still there, probably stronger than ever. And I think Baker, as he matures and gets older, I know he's engaged right now. He'll get married. I'm sure he'll have a kid here soon. I think he'll gradually mature. We, us men, just, we mature, you know, a little later in life. I also think when you're really good at something super young, and most of us listening have never been anywhere near the point of, He's basically been handed a franchise. He's the number one overall pick. He was winning in college. Like, this guy's, and I don't blame him, kind of feeling himself. So, I would imagine if you're the Browns, you wouldn't mind somewhat humility to, like, maybe lose your first game. I mean, this is a long way away from the season, but if it just, because it could get away from yourself a little bit if you just start kicking ass and started, like, 3-0. and Then everyone's like, oh, my God, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. Then the wheels could come off, you know, with a couple losses. But I, they're going to be one of the most fascinating teams in the league. I'm excited to watch. Again, I think Baker's really good. Uh, but one of the things that made Drew Brees Drew Brees, and I think that's his comp, was maturity and was focus and was just a burning desire to do things the right way. And I'm not saying Baker doesn't have I don't know. No one does because it's we're going to find out now. Because these next couple years, and I'll, I'll even not give him a pass this year, but he's still pretty young, first-time head coach. You'll find out in a lot in the next couple of years. Like, what's he really doing in the offseason? 
You know what Brady and Manning and Breeze and these guys are doing in the offseason when, when they're not Instagramming or keeping an eye on them? They are grinding. They dedicate their life to it. And, you know, you got to dedicate your life to it. And we're, we're going to find out this year. I mean, I see it in my own backyard. Like, Steph Curry has given his life to basketball. And it shows. Kicks everyone's ass. If you'll dedicate your life to it and you have the skills, it's basically impossible to fail. If you have the requisite physical attributes and you have, he's clearly smart, if he has the work ethic. And I'd say, well, he, he didn't make it this far without the work ethic. I, I, I do think when you get super rich and super famous, it can derail you a little bit. And uh, I hope it doesn't. Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for Baker moving forward. Can he just stay focused despite all the hype? Now, history would say he did at Oklahoma. Uh, now, it's a little different when you're getting paid $6, 7000000 million, when you're making a ton of endorsements, when if you win a little bit, you'll get another big contract. Uh, I'm fascinated to see. I, I think he's one of the most fascinating players in, in the NFL from, from that standpoint uh, in, in 2019. Thanks for listening. Keep sliding in the DMs. If I didn't get to your question, I just had so many of them, and you know I don't want to run over an hour. Uh, I'll get to them next podcast. Keep firing them in, at John Middlecoff, Twitter handle, Instagram handle. Always answer your guys' questions. Appreciate everyone interacting, and uh, I'll see you Friday. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.